nasty ass looking bre- neck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! Hello! It's been a long day. Thanks for meeting with me later than usual. No problem. What's going on today? I worked at the brewery. I went to the personal trainer that I've been seeing. And... I then went to the grocery store, and then I got a second round of working out with Jeff because I make him strength train now. Ah, I'm sure he was a delight. (laughs) He's been much better about it lately, (laughs) thankfully. Yay! (laughs) Hi, Jeff. You are a delight. He is. Yeah. Usually. Except when he's working out. (laughs) No, Jeff, you've been much better about it lately, and I appreciate it. Thank you for not (laughs) spending the entire time complaining (laughs) (laughs) and yeah did i do anything else i think that's it but yeah that's made for a long day yeah how's your day i didn't go to work nice but i didn't get paid for not being at work oh boo but i don't care fair (laughs) (laughs) that's fair mental health day or did you have stuff to do Mental health day. And yeah. then I paid my bills because I figured I Yuck. should probably do that because otherwise it will contribute poorly to my mental health in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paying bills is helpful. Yeah. Especially once you've, when you've just bought a house. Yeah. So I paid my bills and then I was also starting to figure out what I need to put towards other bills that I have to take on for the time being. Yeah feel like i'm dancing around this hi guys my mom died (laughs) i don't know if i should like bring that glory it's entirely up to you how much you want to mention on here (laughs) yeah so yeah it's been a real bad time also i have no cats anymore because they're all dead that's also awful so (laughs) it's just just yeah everything that you've been dealing with but i paid my bills and that's important that is important and i cooked a meal today so i fed myself Yes. Yeah, very good. So that was good. Yeah, yeah that is good. Yeah, congratulations on doing those things. Yeah, when you're when you're having a hard time, those are <laughs> monumental feats. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's okay. We're okay. That was all downer news, but I don't. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, can didn't... can confirm. Not that I live with Kathy, but from what I've seen, Kathy seems okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do talk to Kathy and see Kathy much more often than just recording this podcast. Yes. Oh, I saw you earlier this week, in fact. I did. And I'll yeah. see you again tomorrow. And that will well, be fun. Yay. Yeah. 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 That was thrilling. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to segue into this episode. And I, then I totally forgot what the episode was about. So sorry, there's no segue today. Um, <laughs> now I remember. Yeah, I'm just, and I still have no ideas for how to segue. So, I'm not you know. sure how to segue from that. Yeah. One of these days we'll get better at the segue thing, but yeah, that yeah. day is not today. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to start, or would you like me to start? Should we talk about what the episode is called first? Oh right, yeah. I guess we can do that. <laughs> what is this episode? This is Stargate SG One Season Four Episode Ten, Beneath the Surface. The episode starts with a fairly dark room full of beds and there are 
that look like trash cans or barrels with fires burning in them. And I was hoping that there's good air circulation in there. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> Somehow I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Tilk is laying in one of those beds and we see him get up. He's not got no shirt on. That was nice. <laughs> I mean, I was actually also going to mention there were a lot of shirtless men in this opening scene laying there were. in the beds. Yeah. I and appreciated I was like, it. Oh, hey. <laughs> he had his his gross pouch covered with a large bandage. They say you're welcome, Mary, for that one. They could have just had it hanging out there and they didn't. I know, but it's it like it <laughs> plays a role later. I know. <laughs> Somewhere else. There's some large chamber. It's still very dark, but there are skylights, and we see the skylights are covered in snow. There's not really a very good view of outside. From there, the camera pans down. There's a bunch of dirty-looking people waiting in line for breakfast. They're all wearing essentially what looks like a tan quilt. Yeah. (laughs) Or tan teddy bear fur, depending on which outfit they were wearing. So (laughs) they're dressed oddly. Yeah. There's this kind of industrial walkway above the room and somebody named Brenna gets up there and shouts to her colleagues, giving them the good news that their hard work is going to power the greenhouses for the next two months and special merit to the workers of Section 23. As she's talking, we used to get shots of Sam and Jack wearing the same clothing that everyone else is wearing. Daniel's also there and they cheer. At the good news of the two months of greenhouses. Woohoo! Woo! Brenna makes sure to specify that that doesn't mean that we can stop working just as hard as we've been working. Don't let this give you a false sense of security. More work, more work, more work. They all yell that it is their honor to serve in tandem. And it was weird and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that a lot of these workers weren't just standing around for the sake of hearing Brenna, but they're also standing in line to get their nasty ass looking breakfast, which is like some porridge or something. They're also supposed to get some bread, but Carter didn't get her bread. Carter, who is also known as Thera here, didn't get her bread. And the person that is serving the food tells her that they're all out. This leads to a big fight. Jack, also known as Jonah here, tries to stand up for her. Daniel is actually on the side of Keegan and thinks that Sam and Jack are not deserving of their bread. So he tries to just keep the line moving. Daniel, whose name is Carlin. Everyone's got a different name. It's confusing. Too many names. (laughs) Daniel tries to keep the line moving. There's a fight. Tilk gets involved, trying to break things up and telling them that they're friends. And he calls Jack by his actual name instead of Jonah. But Jack tells him to stay out of it. Tilk tries to explain that they're part of something called SG-1 and he's Tilk. And don't you remember? But Jack has no idea who Tilk is or what is happening. A bunch of big guard type people come and grab Tilk and essentially carry him away, which is a pretty big task considering how large and strong Tilk is. They're going to take him upstairs because apparently he's suffering from night sickness. Brenna, now that she is down on the floor trying to get order back to the situation, tells Keegan to give Thera, a.k.a. Sam, her bread. End of scene. (laughs) And end of teaser. Yes. Credits. Credits. After credits, Daniel Carlin, Carlin Mule, 
Canyol, Darlin. Canyol. Canyol. <laughs> I won't remember these names either. No, I won't anyway. either. I plan to just call them by their normal names. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's getting some instruction from Keegan about how the machines there are working, but he has other things on his mind. Apparently, Tilk has been gone for five days, and now he's back. <gasps> so Daniel's very interested in that. Keegan says that he was recovering from his night sickness, and she recalled a time there was a guy a couple years ago who even tried to smash his way through one of the skylights. <laughs> due to his night sickness. Hmm. That's and, bad. Yeah. And they did not do it, however, because if they had, they would have been buried under ice and snow, and everyone would have frozen to death. So, outside's not good, apparently. Yeah, apparently not. Elsewhere, probably not too far. I don't think this place... I mean, it's big, but I don't know. Yeah. They seem to see each other a lot. Anyway, right. Jack is doing some working on some machine. I was going to say he could be Joe Neal, but that would be Joe true Neal. even if he was just <laughs> using his regular name. Yeah. <laughs> but since his fake name is Jonah, it works even better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Tilk walks right on by Jack. This time doesn't make any mention of SG-1. So what's that about? Hmm. Then we hear a noise. And we see Sam is working on something that is smoking. Which is not good. No. Not usually. <laughs> yeah. Brenna comes over to find out what's going on. And Sam says that the stabilizer ruptured one of them. And they're corroded and they can't take this pressure. And Sam has an idea about this. <laughs> of course she does. Of course she does. <laughs> Even when she can't remember who she is, she's yep. still Sam. <laughs> and Brenna is like, come on by my office later and tell me all about it. Cool. Later, Jack and Sam are still working on some machines. They're just <laughs> like a really boring scene, in fact, <laughs> because they're just talking about how Sam could have been injured, but wasn't. And Thera wants to hear her ideas later. Cool. That's that scene. <laughs> That's They're the scene. talking about what just happened. Go, ahead. Go on. <laughs> I suppose I'll keep going. Yes. They part ways. Sam is going up to Brenna's office and Jack is going off to do some work. Elsewhere, Keegan and Daniel are really apparently pretty chummy. And so they are working together. I was wondering how he got to be such good friends with Keegan in a presumably short time. Because... Later, when she's talking about, like, you can't be my friend and theirs. Has he known you long enough to care yeah. about that? <laughs> How long have they been here where she's, like, made friends and enemies with these folks? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not there yet. I'm getting no. ahead of myself. Keegan points out that Sam is heading up to talk to Brenna, and she's very bitter about the fact that Jack and Sam seem to think that they're so much better than everybody else, and Sam is so smart. Daniel asks about Teal'c. And the fact that he had said that they were friends previously. And Keegan's like, well, his name's not Teal'c, it's Tor. And it was just night sickness. So forget about it. Right? She's bitchy. Yeah. On Earth, in the SGC, they are activating the Stargate. And they are chatting with a guy named Administrator, Administrator Calder. Yes. He lets General Hammond know they have not been able to find SG-1. Apparently, 
Calder told Hammond that SG-1 went out into the terrifying ice world outside of their dome where they all live safely and have disappeared. Probably bad. Yeah. Hammond says, well, we're not ready to give up on them yet, so we're going to send some folks along to try our own search. Do you think this planet has tatans? <laughs> should. <laughs> Do you think this is Hoth? Is this canonical Star Wars? Maybe. Well, I guess I, I guess it would depend on how cold it is. If it's too cold, the tauntauns would all have frozen to death already. It's true. Unless they have places to hide, too. Right. I don't know. I mean, don't they let them into the dome? I would just assume they let them into the domed city at night. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe if Calder were in charge, because he seems like he's a doesn't like dirty things, including animals and humans. It's true. Um. <laughs> and the, taun- the tauntauns do smell pretty bad, even yeah. more so on the inside, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So Calder would probably not like them at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's about it. After the gate closes, we see Calder. He's in this enormous office, and it's like bright and lovely, and not like it is where <laughs> Sam and Jack are. Right. And it is Daniel. clean and not full of smoke yes. and dirt. Apparently he knows Brenna because he orders to see her tomorrow and wants to know how their new workers are doing. <gasps> Ominous. Yeah. We are back in the gate room again. Daniel is walking towards the ramp, but everything's not quite right. He's dressed in his work clothes from the underground place, and things are dark, and it just doesn't look right. Jack tells him to go ahead. Daniel asks where, and Jack tells him to go to the other side. Suddenly, Keegan is there, telling Daniel not to listen to Jack. And then Daniel wakes up. We find out, not surprisingly, that was just a dream all really short boring scenes right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't actually that bored spoiler alert i I did like the episode i wasn't bored but yeah like a scene by scene breakdown it's like oh wow (laughs) that was a pretty useless scene okay yeah 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 as is this next one yes in the sgc hammond is having a chat with Major Griff, who is already on the other planet, which is called PCR-118. Or they call it that. That's probably not what the people there call it. That would be weird. (laughs) Yes, it would. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a real bad snowstorm happening on Griff's side of things. They've lost their UAV. He says it does not look good for SG-1 because this is a real nasty place. Yeah. Yeah. Back down underground, Daniel approaches Tilk and asks what happened and what the bandages are all about. Tilk doesn't apparently remember Daniel anymore <laughs> and asks why Daniel is speaking to him. <laughs> Daniel's trying to find out more information about their supposed friendship and whatever SG-1 was that Tilk was talking about before. He asks Tilk what the tattoo is on his head and Tilk says that it's just a birthmark, which (laughs) clearly it's not. (laughs) Tilk yells at Daniel that he doesn't know him and basically just wants him to go away, but Daniel keeps pressing the issue of course because that's what Daniel does. (laughs) And Tilk says, well, I wasn't here last week, so don't know what you're talking about. Wasn't me. Can't help you. They keep going back and forth. Finally, Daniel gives up and goes back over to Keegan, and she 
doesn't understand why he was even trying to talk to Teal'c in the first place since night sickness affects your mind and he wasn't in his right mind. So why does Daniel even care about what Teal'c was claiming the week before when he was talking about them being friends? Daniel is still skeptical, though. He knows that there is something wrong. Something's just not right with this situation. And Keegan says, well, now you're starting to sound like the one who's got night sickness. Up top, I guess we'll say. Yeah. On the nice side of the dome. <laughs> In the dome part of the dome. The dome part of the <laughs> as dome. Appo- as opposed to the underground. Yes. Administrator Calder has called Brenna in, as I mentioned before he was going to do, and he would like to know why their memory stamp (laughs) did not work on Teal'c. Brenna thinks it had to do with his hagfish, which she doesn't really know. She's like, the species he carries. Yeah. And they've re-stamped him, and it seems to be going better this time. The others are are all excellent workers, she says. And in fact... Thera has some interesting ideas to improve things. She hands over information about Sam's ideas, which he takes with a handkerchief because he doesn't want to touch it. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. He's super grossed out by everything going on here. (laughs) Awesome. Classy. Yeah. That's really funny, though. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. Brenna explains one of Sam's suggestions, and Calder does not think this is a great idea. He says sarcastically, maybe one day she could increase productivity to the point where we don't even need workers. And Brenna's like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Valid question. But his problem is, is that those dirty people down there <laughs> would not fit in with their pretty little world up top. I mean, they could take a shower and it would be probably harder to differentiate them at that point but the a larger point is that they don't know that the dome is up there and they've been lied to and they'd probably be real upset about it also the people of the city would be upset if there's less to go around to make room for with disgust he says workers (laughs) like he's just he's just a monster Yeah. (laughs) yeah So everything's great up top. Therefore, everything needs to stay the same down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he orders her basically to not do anything with Sam's ideas. And then she leaves. Back down in Brenna's office, Sam comes in and asks if she had a chance to look at her plans yet. She wants to get started working right away. But Brenna says, too bad. We can't do it. Sam tries to argue the issue, but Brenna is adamant that it would just be too long that the generators would be offline so they can't do the pressure relief valve thing that sam wants or any of her other plans for that matter apparently she also had some other suggestions for other pieces of machinery that could be improved but none of it's going to happen brenna asks sam to leave so sam leaves and says that it is her honor to serve but she does not look happy about the situation no and indeed, she heads on off to rant about it to Jack. Yeah. Vent. Not really rant. She's a, she's venting. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty upset. She's like, I can make a difference, but Brenna won't let me. Jack's like, maybe give her a couple days and then maybe come back with less of a big idea to start with and <laughs> see if that works. She asks Jack how he stays so calm all the time. And he's like, I think in another life I've handled dangerous explosives. <laughs> Sam's like, what? What do you What do you mean by that? And he's like, I don't know. It's just an expression. Isn't it? 
Back on Earth, the Melp and Major Griff return to Hammond to report that there is still no sign of SG-1. In fact, there's literally no trace. Griff finds it suspicious how there is literally no trace. And also, he doesn't see anything out there that would even be remotely interesting to Carter. So it makes no sense that the team would even be out there looking for anything anyway. And he doesn't see Jack approving a trip out into the tundra for no reason when there is nothing out there for them to go and look at. Hammond reiterates that according to Calder, Jack thought it was an acceptable risk to undertake the venture just to find whatever science thing was out there. But Griff says, well, if I had to say, he's a damn liar. (laughs) Daniel's hanging out with Keegan like he always is. See, that's what's weird. Why are they so inseparable? Do they have to work together or are they intentionally hanging out? There's a lot of things we don't know about this place. Mm. Daniel asks Keegan, how did I get here? And she's (laughs) like, what? You were transferred from the mines. And Daniel's like, well, before that. How would she know? I don't know. And Keegan asks him, you don't remember? And (laughs) Daniel's like, All I can come up with is a handful of memories, which doesn't sound great. No. He's still stuck now on the idea that Tilk planted that Jack and Sam were his friends maybe at some point. And maybe I just don't recognize it because it was years ago, he says. Keegan is not hearing this at all. They just think they're better. They're just trying to get close to Brenna. They want special treatment, especially that Thera. She's a monster. And if you're friends with them, you're not my friend. (laughs) So that's fun. Yeah. That woman's got problems. Yeah. There's some room that's got a whole bunch of pipes and gauges and valves. There's a float valve of some sort, which is meant to be measuring pressure. Tilk is doing some work. Surprise beer. Ooh. A surprise hooker watermelon happened. Hello, hooker watermelon beer (laughs) delivery man. Thank you. He's already gone. Okay. Tilk is in there trying to turn some valve that seems to be stuck. The float valve is indicating that the pressure is going up. So I guess it's a fair assumption that he's trying to get it to go down. But then he collapses and passes out. A couple other workers rush up. They noticed what happened. They also noticed that the pressure is getting too high and the pipes are getting too hot. Hot! They at least are kind enough to take Tilk with them as they evacuate the area. It was very good of them. Yes, because as they say as they're leaving, the whole area is going to blow. Probably I should mention that part. (laughs) No! (laughs) They run into Sam and let her know there's a pressure problem. And that it's too late and they've got to evacuate. Sam, however, is not having this. She is like, if that goes, it's going to take the whole section. So she thinks she can get this taken care of with some help from her friends. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. She's going to shut off something yeah. and yeah, somebody's got to... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. She's, she's sure she can Sam yeah. her way out of the situation. Yeah. Daniel... Immediately springs to action to help out. And Keegan's like real upset about it, but he doesn't have time for that. So he's like, get people out of here. They work on evacuating people while Daniel goes to do his thing. Daniel and Jack just keep whacking the valve. 
until they get it to move and they are able to get the pressure released so that it comes back down. That is that scene. <laughs> Would you like to continue? <laughs> Fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tilk is in some sort of infirmary somewhere. He wants to return to his duties. He's awake now, but still not looking so great. Brenna is there with him and wants him to rest and says that he's going to stay there until he is well enough to work. But as for the other three, who would be Daniel, Jack, and Sam, who are all standing there, everybody owes them a debt of gratitude because they risked their lives to save the entire plant. It is, of course, their honor to serve, they say again. And she emphasizes that they saved a whole lot of lives with their quick thinking. Sam starts to get really angry because if her idea for the pressure release system that would automatically relieve pressure had been implemented, then this wouldn't have even happened in the first place. But Barnett doesn't want to hear that, can't hear that. So she dismisses them. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Sam, and Daniel are walking on since they were dismissed. Jack's like, don't hold back. Speak your mind. Sam, though, is like, she knows I'm right. And Daniel is like, there's something else going on. <laughs> and they're like, what? Daniel is like, that big nightsick guy. <laughs> <laughs> With the, and points to his forehead. <laughs> he's like, you know, that guy. <laughs> but they know who he's talking about. Yeah. Tilk is a very, uh distinguished person yes <laughs> especially with the gold tattoo yes on his head. does make him stand out from the crowd also he's like taller than pretty much everybody else we've seen him standing next yeah. to in, in this episode but also pretty much every other episode yeah yeah <laughs> daniel's like well he said we're part of something called sg1 so they start to think hmm wonder what that is could it be a team but Daniel's like, I don't know, but I think I'm supposed to be doing something more important than this. <laughs> and they're like, what's more important than surviving an ice age? That's and a fair Daniel's point. Daniel's like, yeah, right? But but I just have this feeling. Come on. Manual labor is super important, sure Daniel. Sure is. Yeah. Jack says he understands what Daniel's saying, though. But then says no after Daniel's like, really? So that's kind of weird. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel lets them know he's been dreaming about Jack <laughs> and a big glowing That's a weird puddle. thing for a stranger to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, I dream about you. <laughs> yes. And our big glowing puddle. Mm. But that sparks something in Sam. She remembers that puddle too. Jack's like... Stop talking for crying out loud, which is a Jack thing to say. Sure is. And they're both like, huh? He's like, it's an expression, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they want to continue this conversation and this line of thought, but they can't do it out in the open. They make a plan to meet after everyone goes to sleep. A little bit later, we see Daniel sneaking out of his sleeping area where he apparently sleeps right next to Keegan. <laughs> Best friends. Yeah. Lovers. Who knows? Who knows? That's that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I'll keep going. Yeah. He meets up with Daniel and Sam. Daniel asks if Jack has the same dream. <laughs> Jack asks about you. <laughs> but <laughs> Sam clarifies, well, no. I do also dream about a shimmering circle of water. Jack says that his dreams are about other things. Puppies? It's probably candy? puppies. Ooh. And candy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I bet it's puppies and candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They start talking about whether or not it might be possible to escape. They feel like they really need to, but the foreman will cut their rations in half if they're caught doing it. Could be worth the risk, though. Daniel wonders if their memories might have been altered somehow, and Jack says his are fine, but Sam's a little bit more open to the idea that that could be possible. They start talking about their experience in the mines and how it's strange that they have so few memories of their life before in the mines. They can just kind of generally remember impressions and shoveling, and that's about it. So they don't know what the important thing is that they're supposed to be doing, but they know that it's not this. For now, they better keep this all to themselves because they don't want anyone to think that they are night sick. Jack asks, well, what if we are? Sam says, I don't think so, sir. Jack and Daniel think that it's weird that she just called him sir. But she says, it's just an expression, isn't it? (laughs) In the SGC, Hammond's staring at the gate when Dr. Fraser comes in to say hi. Not really. She has things to tell him. (laughs) She's delivering some medical reports. Uh, Apparently Griff had some frostbite, but everyone else is okay. She inquires if there's any word. And Hammond's like, no, Administrator Calder's a giant tool. (laughs) He didn't really say that. He said, he informed me the search turned up nothing. And Hammond says, short of going to war, all they can do is break off diplomatic relations. And he's not authorized for that yet. Because apparently they might have something that Earth wants. Of course. Some sort of metallurgical and chemical technologies. And in exchange, they want Stargate tech and gate addresses. Hmm. Hammond says they need Earth more than Earth needs them. But Calder doesn't think so. Hammond's got Calder totally figured out. He's like, I think he likes things just the way they are. For the time being, there's not too much they can do. Major Griff is going to draw up a covert search and rescue plan, which I don't know how that would work, but... Yeah, that's a lot of place to search with no leads. Yeah, but Dr. Frazier throws her hat in the ring if he needs her. Yeah, I thought that was was pretty random. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's like, all right, I know you're good friends with them, but... But Weird. It's not maybe your job. you're the doctor that doctor. needs to stay here because you <laughs> yeah. have important doctoring to do. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. it's a, oh, let me make sure everyone knows. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's about it for that yeah. scene. It is. Yeah. It's mealtime again. Um, nom, nom, Everybody's nom. sitting around eating their gross looking gruel stuff. Keegan is still doling it out so she can't complain about the fact that Daniel is sitting with Sam and Jack just now. They've been dreaming about the pool of light again, except for Jack, who was dreaming about mining naked. (laughs) Sam also says that there have been numbers and letters popping into her mind. She's not sure what they mean, but things like SG-1, DHG, DHD, GDO. It's got to mean something, right? Jack randomly goes and takes a bowl from another worker. It's a larger white bowl than the three of them are eating out of. He flips it upside down and looks at it and says it means something, but he doesn't know what yet. And then he has a vision of himself in his current work clothes, but he's in Administrator Calder's office and saying, very impressive. 
And then we're back in the eating area, and he's continuing to stare at the upside-down bowl. <laughs> when they're all done eating, everybody puts their dishes away to be washed. Keegan goes to see Daniel, and she's like, I'm super mad that you <laughs> are talking to those people, and Daniel's like, sorry. And then he walks away. And yeah. scene. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, lady? Yeah, yeah. Elsewhere... Tilk is lying in a bed all sweaty and unconscious. There's a medic and Brenna are there. And he says he can't figure out what's going on. He wants to check out Tilk's wound. But Brenna is like, you are not allowed to remove those bandages under any circumstances. Just make sure he eats and drinks. Which is weird. Yes, quite. And surprise, Tilk was not actually unconscious because his eyes pop open. Peekaboo. And he looks around and he starts fiddling with his bandages. Because that is weird. Don't Quite. check my wound. Yeah. Quite strange. Yeah. Back with SG half. <laughs> Sam and Jack, even though they don't know they're SG half. They're still trying to remember stuff. Jack remembers something about a bald man that wears a short sleeve shirt. He thinks his name is Homer. <laughs> yeah. They're just getting some vague images that they can't really put their finger on. They just know that there's something else that they're having memories of that are not this place. I'm not really sure what it means, though. Jack says that not only does he remember some images, but he remembers feelings. And to be more specific, he remembers feelings for Sam. And that makes Sam happy. And she rests her head on his shoulder, and they're cute and adorable. Yes. Up top, Brenna goes to see Calder again. She's reporting that Tor slash Tilk seems to be having some sort of adverse reaction to his memory stamp and maybe dying. And Calder's like, eh, workers die. Because he's a douche. Right. He's an evil, horrible man. If he has the mindset that these workers are so dispendable, like, why not just let them go? Well, I guess we find, a le- find that out later because they don't want to be tattled yeah. on, I guess. Yeah. Brenna also reports that... SG three quarters has been gathering in secret and that they might be starting to remember because their brain chemistry is apparently slightly different than the people of this planet and they might need to restamp them. But Calder's like, no, no, it's time to put them outside and let them die a horrible death. Cool. Brenna's like, but all they did was disapprove of our treatment of workers. And he's like, (laughs) no, they passed judgment on us. And I'm doing the same. He basically threatens Brenna if she can't comply with his orders, dot, dot, dot. But Brenna's like, it's an honor to serve. And she leaves. Bad. Right. Back in the sleeping area, people are sleeping. But Jack is awake. And he apparently kept that dude's bowl from earlier. And he... (laughs) Pulls it out from wherever he'd been keeping it and continues to stare at it. Sitting upside down on a table next to him. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) He does then get another flashback, though. He's talking to Calder in his office and Jack is talking about how impressive everything is, but that it's too bad that this whole thing is a lie. Calder doesn't understand. And Jack says that, Sam spotted the ventilation shafts, and when she went to check it out, she found the whole underground slave labor force that they're keeping down there. Jack is incensed. Calder's 
trying to defend their way of life. But Jack isn't hearing it. They are not going to support trade with this culture because they don't support slavery. So that's good. (laughs) Not supporting slavery is good. Agreed. Yep. Calder, though, thinks that their methods are quite civilized. Jack does not agree. Calder says that, well, I'll show you, though. In the morning, Jack wakes up and hides his bowl again (laughs) under his pillow. His precious bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and goes to see Sam and lets her know he knows what's going on, he thinks. But before they can say anything or do anything, someone comes in, tells them they need to report to Brenna's quarters. That's not good. Probably. No, that seems yeah. bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, two people show up to Teal'c's bed to take him away up to Brenna's room. They put Teal'c on a stretcher and lead him on out. As they leave, we see that Teal'c is no longer bandaged on his belly because the bandages are piled on the bed. And the medic looks confused about it. <laughs> he does. Yeah. In Brenna's office, she tells them where to put Teal'c and dismisses the workers. Everybody wants to know what's wrong with him and Brenna says that he's dying. Daniel suddenly remembers the term kill no ream. He doesn't know exactly what that is, though. But Jack remembers. Hepbridge Farm remembers. That it's a thing that Teal'c needs to do in order to stay alive. Otherwise, he would get very, very sick. Sam wants to know why he doesn't do it. And they figure it's because he doesn't remember that he's supposed to. Brenna suddenly seems to have had a change of heart. She says that Colonel O'Neill is correct. She uses his actual name here instead of his fake name of Jonah. And she tells them that everything that they suspect is right. Their memories have been altered. She tells them all their real names and that they don't belong there. Jack wants to know where Homer fits in, but (laughs) Brenna says she doesn't know who that is. She's going to send them home because their memories will come back much more rapidly once they're home. But... Then, all of a sudden, Calder and his evil goonies walk in. They raise guns, which I noticed look exactly like the uh, NES guns from Duck Hunt. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But but painted red instead of gray. I have... Okay, we just found... My brother and I just found our NES and our (laughs) Duck Hunt gun, and it is red. Is it really? Yeah. That's amazing. It's red and it's got some gray, but yeah. We never had a red one. Well, we never had one at all, but we rented the the package on occasion from the video store and the one in that one was gray. Yeah. Nice. That's exciting. So We'll have to see if uh, we can make that work. Yes, absolutely. Because I am here for that for sure. Yeah. So they raised their Nintendo guns and apparently these Nintendo guns do manage to fire something actually damaging. Calder says that he's disappointed but not surprised that Brenna has decided to turn on him. He shoots her but he just manages to barely nick her arm. (laughs) Yeah. Yet she makes a big deal of it. It it seemed really weird that he's saying you're no longer of any use to me but then he like just barely grazes her arm. Maybe his plan was to maim her and then throw her outside. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or he's just terrible at guns. (laughs) Or he's just terrible at guns. Yeah because he was standing right in front of her when he shot her nicking her arm then he tells everybody else that they're gonna go find out what the surface of the planet is really like Tilk, though suddenly stands up and takes everybody down (laughs) all the bad guys anyway jack and everybody are surprised because they thought he was pretty much dying and turns out 
that when he removed his bandages and saw his gross-ass pouch, that he remembered who he was and that he needed to do Kelnarim. And then his symbiote was able to restore him back to health after that. They determined that Brenna's going to be fine because, again, even though they make a big deal about the fact that she was shot, it is just the tiniest little patch of blood on her shirt that we see when they reveal what it looks like. Jack has a gun and has it aimed at Calder. They're holding him hostage now that Tilk has managed to turn the tables for them. They're going to go tell everybody outside exactly what is going on, and they are going to take Calder with them as proof. So they go outside. They yell down to all of the people gathered below that their whole lives have been a lie and that this guy, gesturing to Calder, has been holding them captive while he and his friends are living it up on the surface. And as proof, they shoot out one of the skylights. And I was wondering what if this skylight didn't lead to the domed city, but did, in fact, lead outside. Uh, (laughs) That seemed like a fairly large gamble to be taking. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, though, that is not what happened. It did lead to the domed city somewhere. And they're delighted to find that there's no ice, no snow, just some bright light and a little bit of a breeze that everyone's looking up and smiling at. SG-1 says that they have a better place to offer all of these workers. They're going to send them all to a nice little tropical planet where the beaches go on forever. Jack remembers that clearly, he says, and they're going to let everybody that lives in the city do their own shoveling for a while. Everybody down below seems pretty on board with being outside in the sunshine on a beach, so they all cheer. Calder complains that their way of life is being destroyed, and Jack and everyone else, needless to say, have no sympathy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The team goes back into Brenna's office, where she's like, it hurts! (laughs) And Sam's like, we're gonna take you with us, don't worry, it's all good. So they stand her up, and... Jack and Sam have a moment here where they look at each other and are like, here's an awkward conversation we're not going to have. Like, so, Colonel, Major. And then she says, that bald man you were trying to remember, he realized was not Homer, but General Hammond. (laughs) That's basically where we leave it. They're headed home, Sam and Jack realizing, yet again, they have feelings and... Can do nothing about it. Yep. Yep. What do we think happens to Brenna? They said that they were going to take her back with them to get fixed up. But then what happens to her? Can she go to the beach planet? Would the people accept her since she had been lying to them? She was in the underground with them. So she was being subjected to all the terrible life as well. But at the same time, she knew. So would they accept her in their society or did they pretty much you need to find someplace on earth for her because she obviously can't go back to the domed city either well maybe they give her the choice Mm. and maybe because she's the only one left of those people who knows how to keep the city running Mm. she could still be in charge of everyone else getting their hands dirty yeah that's a good point without her they would be completely screwed because yeah i wouldn't imagine that the non-worker people of the city would have any idea how to keep all this stuff going yeah and does everyone in the city know what's going on i was wondering that too yeah are they as ignorant of how they're kept alive as the workers keeping them alive were yeah a question another question that we don't get an answer to 
Because in that case, they're not innocent, I guess. I don't know. They're yeah. innocent-ish, though. Like, they're not responsible if they don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if they did know what's going on, then fuck those fuck people. Fuck all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the dome crashes down on them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kathy, did you like this episode? I did. Mostly, I think, for the, the Sam and Jack cute moments and... Mm. Also, it had its funny moments. I think, as we mentioned last time, it has similarities to an episode. Actually, I think it was a two-parter of Star Trek Voyager that sort of followed the same sort of pattern. And then at the time, I was like, hmm, which came first? This is not me liking it. Sorry. This is (laughs) just thinking about it. So this one came out first. And then like a little over a year later, maybe, Star Trek did theirs. Mm -hmm. But I was also reading that interesting the the concept at least particularly for this one i think the concept of like the workers below keeping high society going up above was based off of a 1920s silent film called metropolis oh i've um, heard of that i've never seen yeah. it yeah i meant to watch it this week and then i was like maybe i'll just play stardew valley instead that is a fantastic so. idea yeah, I'm a little uh, shiftless, I don't know, aimless right now in the valley, but that's okay. Yeah, that's S- fine. Still got to do the do. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, none of that has anything to do with whether or not <laughs> I liked the episode. I just found it, and it was an enjoyable hour. Like I liked that. You didn't remember who they were, but they all still were who they were. And I guess my only issue would be with Keegan, mm-hmm. really, who was... I mean, she was so adamant in some places. I thought that I couldn't remember because I've seen it before, but I couldn't remember. But I thought she must have been some sort of plant meant to keep people downtrodden yeah, with her negativity. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> but instead, no, it's just that she was so invested in her way of life and also hated Sam for no reason. <laughs> right. I don't know. That was a bad... What did you think? I liked it too. I It reminded me a little bit too of... I mean, not not hugely, but it reminded me a little bit of the Hunger Games series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because even though the people weren't, like, living underground necessarily, the capital was supposed to be, like, this affluent place where everybody had such an easy lifestyle. And then all of the settlements that were around it, where they were pulling the kids from for the Hunger Games, were just basically only there to service the capital and, like, do their mining for them and grow all their food and stuff like that. So... The, the premise reminded me a little bit of that, but that also isn't why I enjoyed it. I just thought that it was an entertaining episode. I thought it was interesting to see everybody else in a different role and see their interactions, even though they didn't remember being friends, seeing their interactions with each other and also seeing like their characteristics and their traits that are like we were talking about, like, you know, Sam doing a very Sam thing and Daniel being, you know, totally continuing to do Daniel things, even though they had no recollection of who they were, I thought was really interesting, too. So, yeah, not a whole lot else to say other than that, but I found it enjoyable overall as well. Yay! Yay! What's next? Next, we are going to watch Stargate. This is <laughs> way shorter than usual, but I guess you'll oh. make up for I guess you'll make up for for that time now by speaking slowly we were watching i okay now i've caught up to where i'm supposed to be so here we go we'll be watching stargate sg1 season 4 episode 11 point of no return netflix says 
An individual claims to possess knowledge of government conspiracies from the Kennedy cover-up to microwave harassment of libertarian candidates. Hmm. Microwave harassment of libertarian candidates. What the fuck does hmm. that mean? People... I have no idea. All I'm thinking is the sound cannon that was used to attack some oh, people, maybe. but that's not at all a <laughs> microwave <laughs> thing. Maybe. <laughs> the booklet says, when a quirky conspiracy theorist contacts SG-1 claiming to know classified information about the Stargate, at first they think he's bluffing. But when they investigate his wild claims, they realize he's a lot closer to the truth than they thought and has a few more shocking surprises up his sleeve. Oh, wow. That sounds crazy. He's kind of like the journalist guy who managed to find out all about them, except that he knows even more than the journalist did about... Oh, yeah. Bunches the, of things. The journalist guy who just gets killed off and we never hear about ever again. Right. Yeah. That one. <laughs> that one that they neatly wrap up that storyline with him getting hit by a car. Oh. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are greatly appreciated to help other people find the show, and word of mouth is great for that as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we always love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find our website and message us through there at stargatesing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can find us on patreon.com slash stargatesing, where you can get advanced access to episodes episodes and bonus content and more for five dollars and up but if you want to support the show at a lower tier we also appreciate our two dollar supporters just as much i'm mary i'm kathy and you've been listening to stargate sing the end the end all right now i'm hungry and i have to go watch some star trek so oh Enjoy. Star Trek Day. <laughs>